Well, good morning, Life Church. So good to see you here today. There's some guests that are here in person, and I'm sure online there's a lot of people I don't know, but uh, we're so glad that you are here with us here today. Thank you so much. Uh, my wife and I are just wanting to say also thank you to all who have been supporting us in prayer. We feel very carried by the Lord as we uh, lost my precious mother-in-law, my wife's mom, uh, passed away this week, and uh, you know we are so grateful to the Lord for for what hope really means. And yeah. thank you for your support. Uh, a lot of people have reached out to us, and we appreciate that very, very, very much. Uh, we're gonna jump right into the Word here. We're right in the middle of a sermon series called "Great Expectations." We're walking through uh, the book of First Peter. It's a great book in the Bible, and uh, we are loving it. I hope you're enjoying it. Today, I got a feeling there'll be some moments that you don't enjoy. All right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, all around the world, there's been a lot of different voices that have, uh, uh, that have been out there in the last couple of years and very strong about about rights and about my rights and standing up for myself and my rights and the church's rights and all sorts of things along that line. And of course, with the, the Black Lives Matter movement and, and all the other movements. And, you know, there's been some a lot of wrongs that have been happening and have been emerging, even here in Canada, how First Nations people have been treated or should I say mistreated in many ways, and Asian people over the years in Canada have not been treated well um, in, at times, South Asians and, uh, and people from China and all, all around, uh, you know, in our past, it's, you know, Canada, I believe, is one of the greatest nations in the world. Uh, and we live in one of the best places in Canada, so we're really blessed here in beautiful downtown White Rock, British Columbia, if you're wondering where we're coming from. By the way, if you don't know me, my name is Mike Schroeder, and I and my wife Ev here, we serve as one of the pastor couples along with Tanya and Matt Jansen, and we're very blessed to be part of this body. Uh, to, today, uh, like I said, we're going to be... Uh, Jumping into the word here, one of the scriptures or the, the sort of the key scripture of this particular series that we're walking through is in First Peter chapter one, uh, verses one uh, verses three and four. And it says this. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. What an amazing thing. You know, some people, What? who was it that was telling me Christmas in July? Oh, yeah. I, someone was watching one of those cheesy movies, you know. On, uh, okay. Yeah, my wife was watching one of those cheesy movies. And I, and I looked at it, and there's a Christmas tree there. And I'm going, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you looking forward to Christmas or, you know, Halloween? I mean, I'm looking forward to August myself. But we have great expectations Far more than, you know, our next birthday or Christmas or, you know, if you're going on a cruise and, you know, some people I know have booked cruises for late in the fall or early next year. And 
you know, it's, it's, there's lots to look forward to here on this planet, but wow, we have great expectation as God's people. I, I think a few more of you should be shouting right now. Amen. And, you know, if you're at home, you know, you're allowed to talk out loud, even if it's just to yourself, okay? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we have expectations, and there's a lot of different expectations in all the different portions that we'll be walking through. And, and uh, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, I was speaking on the subject how that the prophets in the Old Testament they expected a greater glory to come. And then a couple of weeks ago, and then last week, Pastor Matt was, was speaking on the subjects of, of expectation of the second coming, how we should be living in, in the light of that. And, and then last week, what a great message, Pastor Matt. I wasn't here, but I watched it online. Uh, God expects us to live in a way that honors and exalts Jesus. And his sermon last week was, all about a new identity and how our identity gives us a motive to walk together in holiness. And wow, what, what a wonderful, I mean, it was it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, that you're a chosen generation, a holy nation, a new creation, and, uh, you know, people for God's praise in chapter 2, verse 10. And uh, that, was, that was then, but today we are uh, going to be covering the subject of respect and, uh, and a relating well to authority, God expects us to understand and, um, and respect authority. And we're going to be covering First uh, Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 13 to 25. And this particular scripture passage is sort of like one side of the coin. It's, it's, it's one part of all of the teaching of the scripture and it's really focused on those who are sort of not in a position of power. If you think of the, uh, the ideas all around justice and injustice and suffering uh, and, uh, you know, power and power inequality, uh, you know, there's the, the haves and there's the have-nots. And, you know, I'm one of those people in our culture right now that, you know, a white male... Uh, you know, probably, you know, not not in the in the forefront. And part of it is because, you know, the the white males have had a lot of power in the last, you know, 300 years. And it's it's not all bad. And not all of us guys are horrible people. Uh, I'm not saying that. But, you know, there there has been inequities in the, and they've been, you know, thank God through through the teaching of the scriptures, the you know, the place of women and the place of minorities has been really improved because of what the scriptures teach, how that there is no male or female and there's there's no Jew or Gentile. There's no insiders and outsiders. And we are frankly, there is only one race, by the way, you know, all of I'm looking at all the wonderful different colors and different people from different backgrounds here. And, you know, we are sisters and brothers. And there is one race. It's called the human race. And we don't believe that there should be inequities. And even in, I, I need my phone, honey. Could you please pass me my phone? Thank you. Uh, I had a scripture. I just wanted to, it's not in my notes, right? Uh, I, I can't just do what's in my notes. I have to. Uh, go more than that. In Amos chapter 5, God says, listen, I, away with your noisy hymns. I won't even listen to your music. Can you imagine God saying that to his people? Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice and an endless river of righteous living. 
Justice matters to God. Justice matters to God, and it needs to matter to us. Okay, That's not what the sermon's about, but I wanted to make sure, because, you know, this is cutting against the messaging that we're hearing so much in, in our uh, popular culture. And it's not all horribly wrong, our, our popular culture, but, you know, we, we have to understand that there is more than one side to this particular issue. And these scriptures that I'm going to be reading to you they're in the Bible. And so we're going to talk about the scriptures that are in the Bible in this particular portion of 1 Peter. So like I said, you you may not like all of this. Uh, Frankly, I find it challenging as well. And I sought God. Listen, I sought the Lord diligently and came up with this title. I believe that, that it will please him. And that is this, respect. It's all about Jesus. Now, that's kind of trite in the church world because, of course, it's all about Jesus. But this particular subject and this particular passage, I believe that the emphasis needs to be placed. There's a lot of practical things, a lot of do's and don'ts, and you should do that and you shouldn't do that. But really, it's about who Jesus is. That's what this passage, that's, that's what this passage comes to, and that's what this passage is all about and his heart and his attitude his style, actually, um, and that is in First uh, Peter chapter uh, chapter two and verse thirteen to twenty five. So I'm going to take I timed it. It's just over two minutes. Going to read this entire portion, and um, we are going to pray right after that, and then we'll get into a couple of uh, three three particular points, and then we'll we'll close. Turn it back over to Pastor Tanya and Pastor Matt. So here we are, First Peter two. Uh, verse 13, for the Lord's sake. Okay, so here's the first thing, right? And I'm, I'm going to start preaching now, but I should be waiting until later. But, you know, for the Lord's sake, this is about, you know, sometimes you hear people say, for God's sake, you know, for God's sake, that's what he's saying here. For, but it so, sounds so nice, for the Lord's sake. But it's very strong and very much in our face. Okay, ready? For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed, for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. And uh, now we're in verse 15. And uh, it, it says this, it is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom for an excuse to do evil. Verse 17, respect everyone. Love your Christian brothers and sisters. Fear God and respect the king. Now that language, of course, that talks about head of state here in Canada. We have the the true head of state and then we have the symbolic head of state. Uh, and we can get real technical, but let's just um, not try to get the technicalities giving us excuses. Oh, sorry, did I start preaching again? Okay. Um, <laughs> slaves. Okay, we don't have a lot of slaves in Canada. We are against slavery. There's more slaves in the world today than any time in history. And it's a, a very important uh, subject that we're not going to be getting into, particularly this particular kind of slave here. 
is uh, um, someone who is working in a household, um, and it's more like an employee. Any anyone been an employee or is an employee? That's that's what this is talking about here. You who are slaves must accept the authority of your uh, boss, your masters, with all respect. Do what they tell you, not only if they're kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. For God is pleased with you when you do what you know is right and patiently endure unfair treatment. And of course, you get no credit for being patient if you're beaten for doing wrong. For if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, that's when God is pleased with you. Verse 21. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He's your example, and you must follow in his steps. Now, here's his example. He never sinned. He didn't deceive anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. He didn't threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. I love this portion. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Verse 25. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Let's just pray together. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you are our great shepherd. Jesus Christ is the great shepherd of the sheep. And he's the one He's the one that we love and who loved us. And I, I thank you that we are secure in you because of what Jesus did on the cross. And he bore, he personally didn't send a person to do it for us, didn't, didn't delegate. He personally carried your sin, my sin on his cross. And he suffered for us. Thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you would teach us this morning that we'd be led of the Spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. So um, just a couple of points taking out of this, this scripture. And I want to be true to the scripture. I don't want to, you know, pass over, you know, difficult, sensitive parts uh, I, I really want to cover this faithfully, but we, you know, on, I'll tell you, this this could be a sermon series, this particular portion. it's There's so much in here, so I, I may not cover everything the way you think I should, but I'm going to do my best to be faithful to what the scriptures are here, and and really to to really bring, I believe, a, a now word, a, a, you know, something for you right now in the here and now, Okay. And uh, whether you're here watching live on, you know, from all over the world or perhaps watching it later, uh, you know, if you're here online, you are included in this. And I want to encourage you to just receive the word of God here today. So the first scripture, the first verse, it says um, that we should obey all human authority. Now, the literal Greek words here is uh Every creation of man. And a lot of times I've been listening to people talking. And, I, you know, online, I definitely don't like to argue with people online. And I've, I've actually had people that 
have said this to me uh, personally as well. It's, you know, that's man's rules. That's man's laws. We had a lot of extra rules uh, that were still just coming out of, really, as far as uh, managing COVID and all the other things about our lives. <clears throat> but it says here in this scripture, uh, whether the king is head of state. Now, again, I, I've heard this one, too. Uh, and I'm going to use a word, a, a name that uh, that might make you smile, might give you warm, fuzzy feelings. It might make you cringe and wish that I would just stop talking right now. I'm going to say the name. Are you ready? It's Bonnie Henry. Okay. And a lot of people have differentiated between, you know, the authority that Bonnie Henry has versus the authority of our, our premier and our and our minister of health. But this scripture here doesn't say that we're allowed to do that. Let me just point that out to you. It says here, whether the king as head of state, that would be in Canada, we're so grateful for our uh, the privilege that we have of having free elections and a de democratic society and the election, you know, and you could say, well, I never voted for them. And we know the whole story. The way the de democracy works is they were elected, they're elected, get over it. Okay, and our prime, our premier is our premier, and the the you know the minister of health is our minister of health, and they have appointed someone, duly appointed, uh, you know our chief medical officer Bonnie Henry, and so it says here the the head of state, those who were elected, and the officials that have been appointed. Okay, so I, I'm just saying that right away, like I like I said, you know that could be you know in your face, and of course. The bigger picture with 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 all the relationships around that have been swirling around the press in North America, uh, I could go there. I'm just not going to go there anymore. But it says in verse 17, it says respect everyone. So who should we respect? All human authority. We should respect everyone. Now there's uh, people in my life that uh, I I uh, you know might in, insult me and put me down and and mistreat me. Uh, and I have to somehow be able to treat them with respect. It's not fair. But I have to treat them with respect. Uh, it says, uh, love the family of believers. Anybody uh, get on your nerves in the church? Deal with it. Okay? <laughs> love the family of believers. Fear God. Now, that word fear, you know, I looked it up in the Greek. You know what that word fear means? It means fear. It, it literally, it's phobia, or f not pronounced that. It's pronounced phobia, I think. But it it means to have such a healthy, strong respect for God, and realize that you know, if there's anybody that we should be afraid of, you know, it's it's God's wrath. Okay, that's just the the way it is. Now, of course, we know that that's not the whole picture, because God is a God of love, and He is a God of mercy, and He loves you tenderly. Uh, yes to all of the above, but we should be fearing God and respect the uh, human authorities. Verse 18, uh, employers. Respect our employers. You know, uh, all along in my life, uh, no matter where I've been, I've done my personally, generally speaking, done my best to serve my employers well. And it, you know what? It's always worked out well for me. I, I've had, I had one employer that hired me on three different occasions, I I was working, 
Then I left for on a missions trip for eight months, came back, and they had rehired me. And then I went and moved out of the city into another city, came back. They hired me a third time. Like, I, I've been blessed, but it's because of how I treated my employer. We need to be able to uh, treat them well, especially um, especially if they're good to us, but including if even if they are cruel. So that's who. So what does God expect of us? Okay, so we're talking about the sermon series is Great Expectations. This sermon is about what God is expecting of us. Okay, it's not us expecting things from God. It's God expecting things from us. And first of all, we understand that this is God's, this is heart, God's heart. It's for, for the Lord's sake, for God's sake, let's get this thing right. Okay. And verse 15, it's God's will that you should live honorable lives, which will silence a lot of the critics who make foolish accusations. And, you know, over time, you will realize, I mean, I've, I've had people say to me that, you know, if you, if you, <laughs> if you do that, it's an abomination. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into all the whole story, but I, I know that when, at, at the end of the day, uh, it, it's, it's a foolish accusation. Okay, it is. And I don't have to react. I don't have to argue and be all insulted. I, I can just stay the course. Uh, I do walk in uh, accountability with people. I walk in accountability with God. I don't always get it right. But, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm walking in a way that is honorable to the Lord. And he, verse 21, I think it's up there. Uh, yeah, it's up there. God, uh, God has... Where is it here? God called you to do good. So what does God expect from us? When we're under it, if we're, if we're under authority, God still expect, expects us to be useful. That's what that word actually means. Do good. Like, be, be useful. Don't be a waste of air. <laughs> All right? Let, you know, make something for, uh, you know, live to help other people. Okay, that's, that's the second point. The third thing in here, verse 19, it, God is pleased when you're aware of his will that you patiently endure unjust treatment. It's not fair. I mean, uh, the little kids, they'll say that. My grandkids all the time, right? But as adults, come on, folks. Yeah, it's not fair. You're right. And, you know, you look around and, you know, this, this little building, you know, God, God willing, we're going to be making some changes over the next few months. We'll be back in the school, we hope. Uh, but, but really, it's, it's not the same. You know, it's, have you heard that? Have you said that? Oh, the, being part of the church during COVID, online and all the things. Oh, it's just not the same. Well, it, you're right. It's not. Now what are you going to do? <laughs> I can't argue with that. Uh, it's our attitude. Okay, so verse 21, it talks about how that we need to follow in Jesus' steps. That's This is what God is expecting. You know, he never sinned. Well, we can't do that, but we can desire to attain to that. Uh, he didn't deceive anyone. Still, you know, tell the truth. He didn't retaliate when he was insulted. He didn't threaten revenge when he suffered. 
He left his, this is, this is so powerful. This is, uh, this is the secret to Jesus' success. And respect is all about Jesus. This is the secret right here. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Now this, again, this is the perspective of the person that doesn't hold the power. Okay, The person that holds the power is supposed to work hard to for justice and righteousness, I mean, both and. But, you know, this is part of the picture, but it's, and just because it's only part of the picture, we can't dismiss and go, oh, yeah, well, I don't like that part. <laughs> you know, Christianity is not a smorgasbord. You know, it's not like, I like this, and I like that, and I, I don't, no, I don't like that, and I like this, you know. <laughs> I remember uh, when I was a kid, this, uh, we were at some friend's place, and uh, it's it was the Laid family, and some of us know Carol and uh, Carol Carlson and, and different ones. But anyway, so uh, I, I was in their home, and they served dessert, which I didn't like. And this dear lady, Thelma, she was so sweet. She says, well, Michael, what, what would, would you like some ice cream? And you know what I said, right? What kind? That doesn't work in the Bible. We, we just take the scriptures, all of it. Now, we take, I have to take it in context, of course, okay? But we still have to, we can't just dismiss it. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not allowed to say certain things that pop in my mind. That's, I'm getting better, okay? I'm just getting better. So what does God expect? That's what, that's what God expects. But now here's what Jesus did for us, okay? This is what Jesus did for us. First of all, he was an example. And I, I'm, I'm thinking about the story of how uh, during the Last Supper, you know, he took a, a basin and he washed his disciples' feet. And the Bible clearly says at that point, well, first of all, he understood who he was and where he came from. That's how he could do it, and that's how we can do this. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. Our identity is not in our gender or, oh, there you go again, Mike. Uh, our identity is in who we are in Christ, not what we can do. Okay? And Jesus knew his identity. He knew who he was and where he came from, and so he washed his disciples' feet, and he said, "This is this, I'm doing this to show you how to live. You need This is an example that the greatest would become the servant of all. Okay, and he did it by example. And I, I really hope, I, I really feel for myself, that's my style of leadership. I'm not much of a, you know, commander or whatever, but I'm, I, I just like to lead by example. But Jesus did that for us. Almighty God, the King of creation, the King of glory, the Lord of hosts, the one, the only, the greatest, the highest, Someone, someone said this, and I like this meme. It was, the, you know, in, in the sports world, they say the goat, you know, the greatest of all time. You know, the goat is, is a lamb. Come on. Jesus Christ, the greatest of all time. The second thing, of course, he did is he empowers us. He personally, and I just think that word, it's, it's in the Greek meaning. It, it, I've studied this. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin. 
dead to selfishness, dead to seeking first me, and alive to God and to live for what is right. And there's a lot of there's a lot of trauma, there's a lot of disappointment, there's been a lot of misuse, and a lot of us need this more than once in our life. But Jesus is our healer. He's your healer today. He's your healer today. And last but not least, he cares for us. You were once like sheep who wandered away. Sheep aren't even rebellious. They just don't do what anybody tells them. They just go and do where they're, what, what they do. But we need to listen to the master and follow him, follow his voice. We've now returned to our shepherd. And, uh, you know, the old King James and some of your translations might say the shepherd and bishop of your soul. And that speaks of authority again. And we we take this word, uh, it's episkopos in the Greek, and we think of bishops and high and mighty ones. And actually the word bishop means someone who just watches over. That's what the word means. Jesus is tenderly watching over your life. He's got your back. He's your shepherd. He's your leader. He's out in front. He's leading us by example, and he's also watching over us. And now is the time for you and me to respond to this message. And um, if you're here watching online, whether it's live streaming or on demand later, I would like to encourage you to just examine your own heart. And, and, and I, am I someone who, is, who is, has returned to God and is walking with God and is at peace with him? Or is it, some, is it something I need to renew in my life? Or is it something that I need to do for the first time? Is to respond to God's love and God's care, to respond to him. And I'm going to invite you here, and perhaps even if you're at home, you could, if you're able to, you could even stand right now if you want to. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, a prayer dedication. Could we all stand here, please, together? I think we can all relate to this, that, you know, we have, uh, we have uh, been doing our own thing. You know, we're all about us sometimes, aren't we? We're like sheep who just kind of wander around. But God wants us to be people who can return to him and who will return to him. So I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. And, you know, if you feel like you'd like to repeat this out loud, and, and if some of you could help me just by doing that, then maybe others that are a little nervous about saying it out loud might be more comfortable. Um, but you don't have to scream it. I'm talking, I'm talking about just so you can hear yourself out loud. So let's just pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. I don't always do it right. Sometimes I wander. Now I'm turning away from my ways. And I'm turning toward you. I want to come and follow the shepherd. And and I want the, the shepherd to oversee my life. Help me to walk in your strength. In, with your attitude, in Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you. You can be seated.